Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, Grand Provence in France will be holding their Harvest Festival on Saturday the 28th of February and it's promising to be an amazing day for the whole family. Carl Lambert is the winemaker and general manager at Grand Provence. Carl, good evening. Welcome to the show. Karen, thank you very much. It's wonderful to be with you. So, lots going to be happening on the 28th. I was just reading through the program of events and gosh, you've really packed a lot into one day. Uh, it's half a day. Well, <laughs> it's it, well even worse, yes, even worse, half a day. Yeah, we start very early. Um, we try to give the, the guys who, who attend um, a feeling of what it's like to be on a working wine farm. And one of those aspects is that you're up at the crack of dawn, you're in the vineyards, you're picking the grapes, you're testing them, you're checking them out to see if they're ready, and then taking them through to the cellar. So we give, we give you a full spectrum of not only harvesting your own grapes, but foot stomping them. The kids and adults have the most incredible, uh, joyous time doing that. And then uh, after you've got all dirty, we clean you down, we hose you down, and we give you the most incredible lunch cooked by our fabulous executive chef, Darren Bardnos. And then we play you music to soothe your soul while you drink the wine. It's, uh, it's a wonderful day. <laughs> so what better day could that be than that? So it starts off at 9 o'clock in the morning, and we sort of start off with some coffee and some fresh farm-baked muffins and sort of gearing ourselves up, and then we head off on a tractor ride. Yeah, the tractor ride is a new aspect that uh, Truck has brought out. It's the first tram uh, station or tram system that we have in the world that takes people from wine farm to wine farm doing, doing tastings. And what we have uh, as a result of this tram um, running past on the old South African railway line, um, we had to um, get a tractor-trailer system on the go from the tram station to bring people down to the farm. So what we do now is with our harvest festival, we use the tractor and the trailer to actually convey the guests into the vineyards. So it's not really that hard of work. Um, we take them into the vineyards where we have a, a wonderful... Um, percussionist group um, playing uh, rhythmic beats to help you with the plucking of the grapes on the vines. And then that same tractor trailer takes you all the way back to uh, a wonderful tour of the cellar where you get to listen to me wax lyrical about what I do in the cellar and, and um, taste some of the fermenting juices. Um, and then we take you through a tasting of all of Grand Provence's most exquisite wines. And then you sit down and you just relax and we entertain you. It's a really, really wonderful day. Oh, you missed out the part between the entertainment and the cellar tour. That was the stomping part. <laughs> That's the fun part. That is the fun part. It's also the dirty, messy part. <laughs> um, it's where it gets very competitive as well. Um, the kiddies get into half barrels, they roll up the jeans. Some people get a little bit more risque and remove the jeans. Okay. But it's always done with a lot of decorum. Um, but it's the sticky, messy, fantastically fun part. And um, as I said, challenging. Um, and competitive because the, the guys really try to outdo each other in terms of treading the grapes and getting as much juice out of them as, as quickly as possible. It's really a wonderful, wonderful affair. Are you limiting the number of tickets available, Carl? We, we, try, to, we try to make it an event that caters um, completely for everybody. So we, we keep the numbers to about 100, 120 people. We don't like to go too high. Um, uh, it, it, takes away from the from the enjoyment of the entire afternoon. We like to keep it small and compact. Um, we break the groups up into groups of 20, and we take them around the farm, so um, they all get to experience everything, but in, in certain time slots. And it works very well that way. We've been doing it like this for about five years now, and uh, we, we have actually people that have been to every single Harvest Festival that we've had, and they're always the first people to book for the next year. Gosh, okay. And as you said, it is definitely sounds like a family day out. You know, the kids will have, I'm sure, more, lots more fun than the adults, especially with the stomping part. You'd be surprised. I think sometimes <laughs> the adults have even more fun. We That's probably one of the reasons why we keep the wine tasting until after <laughs> the, the, the stomping of the feet. Otherwise, it, it tends to get a little bit uh, yeah, rowdy, mm. to say the least. But um, there's lots of dancing. We've got a phenomenal um, music band called Slow Jack which uh, just really, I think, brings focus to uh, the whole relaxation afterwards, sitting down at, at tables, getting up and going to the to absolutely laden buffet um, sections. We've got live stations where our chefs are going to be doing West Coast, deconstructed West Coast lobster cocktails and, and a whole host of other things. So the food is sublime, the wine is amazing, and as I said, the music is just there to, to just make everything... 
How do people book? Uh, the easiest way to book is to either phone the estate, and it's a very simple telephone number to remember. Uh, the code is 021 because we're based in the Cape, obviously. And uh, 876 is the Franschuk uh, three-digit number, and then 8600, and uh, you'll be put through to the correct person, or just to get through to our email address, which is the easiest as well if you have um, internet, and that is reservations with an S at grandprovence.co.za. And Grand Provence is spelled in that wonderfully French way, Grand with an E, and Provence not as in Western Provence, but as in Provence, that beautiful town in the south of France. And you, are there still tickets available? Do you know? Because it's coming up next we week. We still do have tickets. We, we still do have tickets available. Look, it's, a, it's about two weeks away. Um, we still have a few tickets available, and uh, they, they're going quite quickly. Um, but uh, we, we expect to be we expect to be um, sold out probably within the next week and a half. Awesome. We usually are, are up to speed with our with our full complement of numbers by about the 20th of, of the month. So it's it's looking very, very good. So if people are wanting to go, they should get on to that booking thing tomorrow morning. Oh, with, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Barbara Mouton um, is our reservations for, for all of our functions and events, and she'll be there to help them with the greatest of pleasure. Well, it sounds like a wonderful day, and I hope you have a, great, a lot of fun, and I'm sure all the people that will be going out to it will be enjoying themselves too. But thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening. It's wonderful. Thank you for having us. I Thanks. really appreciate it. Thanks, Carl. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Carl Lumber is the winemaker and general manager at Grand Provence. For more information and to book, you can contact Barbara on 021-876-8600 or by email on reservations at grandprovence.co.za. And they also have a website, which is grandprovence.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. You can get your summer groove on and head out to Aikendal when this beautifully appointed wine estate comes alive with its annual Weintauf, and I hope I've got the pronunciation of that correct, harvest celebration of superb wines, good food and El Fresco family fun on Sunday the 1st of March. Stuart Bucken is the marketing manager at Aikendal. Stuart, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corin. Hello, SAFM listeners. Thanks so, very much for having us. Have I got that right? Is it Weintauf? Vi- vi- Weintaufer, yes. Oh, Taufer. Yeah. Okay. The so, traditional European christening of the harvest festival. So this is something very different. You know, you talk about harvest festivals. What you're doing is slightly different to everything else. So tell us what's going on at Aikendal. Well, it's uh, traditional. We've had it on this is our 29th year. It's our wine typer, which, as I say, is the christening of our harvest. This year we are christening our 2015 Chardonnay. And we choose a godfather or godmother. This year the godmother is a well-known wine personality by the name of Carrie Adams who will be christening the wine and she will be giving it a name which we don't know until the day. Um, the event is very popular, as I say, being going for 29 years. And the gates open at the Aikendal, which is on the R44 road between Somerset West and Stellenbosch, a very well-known and popular destination. Um, entrance is a mere 40 rand per person, which includes a glass uh, barrel tasting of the Aikendal Chardonnay, Rape stomping, live music, and lots of other entertainment, tractor rides, and that sort of thing. And obviously, we cater for the kids. There's a jungle gym, jumping castles, face paintings, and lots of other activities. We also have a fantastic new restaurant, Cucina de Giovanni's, that started in October with us and is very, very popular. And they'll be doing the food on the day. And obviously all the award-winning Aikendal wines will be available to the public on the day uh, for sale to consume on the premise or to take home. And uh, one of the big attractions is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we'll have a attendance draw. In other words, it's a lucky draw, but you have to be present to win. And first prize is a night for two people at the Aikendal Lodge, which is a four-star, nine-suite establishment. Wow. Okay, but there's all sorts of other things I was reading about too, Stuart. Things like there's going to be cheetah viewing and yes. golfing action, and all. I mean, so there's literally something for everybody. That's correct. Tell me about the cheetah viewing. What is that? Well, well I didn't we, know you had cheetahs uh, out there. Well, has over many years donated a piece of uh, the farm to Cheetah Outreach, where we uh, rear the cheetah cubs should they come in from the wild, orphaned, or lost, and they also have a. Uh, breeding program for Anatolian sheepdogs, and it's all run by Cheetah Outreach, 
And on the day, they generally bring in a cheetah for people to view and obviously to explain to them more about this endangered species. And obviously the cheetah outreach uh, look for donations and assistance in, in the, the program uh, to develop it. So it's a very, very worthy cause. Uh, traditionally, we've always had one of the older cheetahs, but now the cheetah's too old, so we're hoping on the day to have two cubs, which uh, people can uh, find out more about. And what's the golf? What are you doing with golfing? Well, golf's a fun thing. You, uh, we put, we have two big dams stocked with trout because there's also trout fishing available at Aikendal. And we put a little uh, plastic swimming pool in the middle of the dam <laughs> and you tee off three golf balls for 20 rand. And if you hit them in the little plastic dam, you get a bottle of wine. Oh, wow. You are over 80 years of age. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. <laughs> It's very much a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you said there's loads of things for the children to do. The other thing that you're doing as well, which I always like, is, is barrel tasting. That's always something not everybody does that. Yes, yes, very unusual. It's, it will be the 2012, uh, 2015 harvest, which uh, came in very early this year, and it's direct from the barrel. So virtually you'll be the first people to ever have tasted the 2015 Chardonnay from Aikendall. And the Eckendall wines have done pretty well in the, in the 2015 Platter Wine Guide. You, you sort of across the board four and a half star ratings. Yes, yes. We, were, we, we have achieved really well over the last couple of years. And this year we were very fortunate. We entered four of the Eckendall wines, which was basically the Chardonnay and the Classique, which is our Bordeaux blend, and our Merlot and our Cabernet Sauvignon. And we were very fortunate, all achieved four, four and a half star ratings. So uh, we've been very, very uh, fortunate with the quality of the wines. And it's obviously showed. I mean, the, the place has got uh, tremendously popular and the wines as well. And you did very well in the Six Nations Challenge as well. I mean, that, that's sort of really an accolade because you're competing against Argentina, Australia, Chile, New Zealand, us and the United States. Yes, yeah, it was a very, very, very good achievement for Aikenau. You got a double gold in that one. That's correct. Gosh, so there's a lot of people coming out there. Can they taste all of these? Or what is on, on offer the, for all testing? All the wines are on sale at the day, uh, on the day at uh, tasting and prices. And uh, also what we're doing is people who wish to buy a case, which is a six-bottle case, and take it home. On the day, they get a 10% discount on the case loads of wine. Wow, okay. So this is all taking place on Sunday, the 1st of March. What time do the gates open? 10 o'clock, the gates open. Until? Until around five-ish or till the last people leave. Okay, and then the, the official baptism and tasting of the new Eckendall Chardonnay, that's at 12 o'clock? That's at 12 o'clock. Okay, so, and you, you that the price you said was 40 rand per person. That includes the free glass. I always love the glasses. I love to collect them yes. and remember where I've been. And then also the barrel tasting, which is great. And children under 12 are free, and there's loads for them to do. So it is a really good family day out. Yes, fantastic family day out. Gosh, that sounds like a, something definitely to do on the 1st of March. Stuart, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much, and I wish you much success with the, the festivities on the 1st of March. Thank Great. you so much. Thanks very much. And thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Good night to you. Night. Stuart Bucken is the marketing manager at Aikendall, and for more information, you can contact the estate on 021-855-1422 or take a look at the website. It's www.aikendall.co.za. The Portfolio Committee on Communications hereby invites institutions and or individuals to nominate a person to fill a vacancy of non-executive member to the board of the South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited, which arose from the resignation of a member of the board for the remainder of the term of office of the current board, which is until 24 September 2018. Nominees must have expertise and experience in broadcasting policy and technology, broadcasting regulation, media law, business practice and finance, journalism, entertainment and education and labour issues. Nominations and inquiries must be addressed to the Committee's Secretary, Mr. Tembenkosi Ngorma, Portfolio Committee on Communications. Email tngorma at parliament.gov.za or faxed to 86 522 Telephonic inquiries can be made to 021-403-3733 or 083-709-8407. The closing date for nominations is Friday the 27th of February this year at 4 o'clock. Please note that nominees may be subjected to qualifications, check and security clearance, and late submissions will not be considered. Time to travel with Karen Key.
Well, with the 2014 Harvest event being such a huge success, the Robertson Wine Valley will once again welcome the public with open arms for a magical two months, would you believe, of harvesting from the 7th of February until the 29th of March. With its hands-on Harvest Festival, Elisma Boerta is manager of the Robertson Wine Valley and she's joining me now. Elisma, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Corin. Thanks so much for having me again. It's a long festival, Elisma. 7th of February <laughs> to the 29th of March. Gosh. Yes, I think we should actually just ban the word festival and rather go for celebration um, because it is quite something new um, for people to think about because I don't think they realize uh, last year I had from some of the locals ask me, is it a typo on your program <laughs> because it says that it's two months long. Because <laughs> so it's, it's literally just permanent celebrations in Robertson apparently. Yes, uh, you know what? It, it is such a, a magical time, this harvest. It is, um, I was just thinking now um, ahead of your call, just just how amazing it is it's because these guys are working for a whole year for this for this few weeks of harvest to be able to pick those perfect sun ripe berries now and produce wines and then um, take it to the market it's almost like a snapshot it's like a photograph of the valley a 3d photograph that we're sending you so it is really a magical time and the guys are working hard but it's it's such a magical time that we want to share that with the world and we also want to show them exactly what what goes into a bottle of wine um so they can realize how magical it, it just is this product now back in the day you used to do this over one weekend and then suddenly you decided well one weekend two months you know (laughs) (laughs) i think times have changed a little bit in terms of just um, with cultivars and all those things so usually what had happened on the modern day farm is that the guys will stagger their cultivars so that they will have earlier ripening cultivars and then also later light ripening cultivars i think back in the olden days the guys would probably only have two or three rows of the exact same grape which will all obviously all ripen at the same time which is a bit different this year which are all now these days which also brings us to the fact that we can actually stagger the festival over the two months and then show them exactly um, whatever we want, whether it's going to be the, the muscadels and the stickies at the end of the harvest, or is it going to be some of the earlier ripening varieties like Sauvignon Blancs and the Chardonnays. The nice thing about this duration of two months, so a lot of, well not a lot, but some of the wineries are not normally open to the public, so within those two months people can come back and come back and come back and go to different places they wouldn't normally have access to. Exactly, yeah. I think the, the reason why we did um, the, the two-month um, decision is twofold. Firstly, it is quite a, um, a busy period still for, for tourists. And usually what happened when we only had it over one weekend was the, either the weekend before or the weekend after, people will phone us up and say, listen, I'm only in the, in the valley for the weekend. What can I do? I want to experience harvest. So we're opening it up to the public, but also on the other side for the producers, it's a bit easier just so that they can plan their things. If they are focusing on one cultivar and they are really, really busy, maybe they would want to do it a bit later so that they can spend more time with the visitors. And it is like you say, um, just because it's um, all of the, the events are by bookings only, you know that you are going to get a full-on, hands-on experience with small groups and really get to spend some time with the winemakers and the people behind your favorite brands. So basically people make the bookings directly with the wine farms involved? That is correct. I, I think sometimes people stagger a bit, um, uh, yeah, to, to say, where should I begin? Um, but we try to make it really easy for you. So the program is, is literally um, a description of each of the wineries, what they will host exactly when. And we tr- try to make it a bit easier for you in, in planning by putting a grid on the very last page, which ex- shows exactly what, um, who, who offers what on which weekend. So then you can do your own planning, say what is actually interests you and what doesn't, and you can then put your own itinerary together, which I think is, is also very fun um, for people to now do because some of them really want to do the, um, the dirty stuff, um, go and picking your own grapes and stomping it and getting dirty um, in the vineyard itself. Other people maybe rather want to do like a comparative tasting, maybe some of some, one of the, the funky pairings that we have on offer, or maybe just, yeah, have a harvest-inspired lunch or dinner. So normally when you have festivals out in Robertson, you have all these other things that are going on with it to entertain the family and the children and there's music and there's food. And how does it work now when it's spread over such a long time? 
It's exactly the same. Um, I, like I always um, say or tell your listeners as well, I, we, I really think we need to realize that we, um, we're a perfect weekend destination. So we need to also take into account the kiddies that might come along. And I had a funny um, inquiry actually the other day of um, a group or a, like uh, a teacher that actually wants to bring her class. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant, and I did not have a problem to put an itinerary for them together because the wine actually um, doesn't always play a central part. You can still go into the vineyards and explain exactly um, that, the, that it's different cultivars, and um, although it's all from the great family, they're all like brothers and sisters, and they taste different. So the kids can still taste the grapes. They can still partake in the stomping. We also have a fantastic play day on the 1st of March at one of the wineries, um, which is just like exactly what it says. It is a play day, um, and funnily enough, it's not only for the children that is the games. There's also games for the adults, so don't worry. Um, and I think it's just one of those things that um, it's really ideally a family time. Um, I always say our family friendly means family friendly, not mom and, and dad in one corner and kids in another corner. It's really nice family bonding time. And all of this information, Elizabeth, is on the program of events. It's, you can find that on handsonharvest.com. It's all there. That's absolutely correct. Or otherwise, if they um, they want it emailed to them, they can just drop me an email at manager at robertsonwinevalley.com or they can give us a call on 023-626-3167. I'll repeat that quickly, 023-626-3167. Or email you at manager at robertsonwinevalley.com and you can send them the program. That's correct. As easy as that. And we're quite aware, well, we're a week or two into it now. Um, how full is it? Are people still going to have an opportunity to still book? Because I'm assuming that the numbers are not going to be very big. I mean, they always normally keep these things to relatively small groups. Yes, we, we do want to keep it hands-on. Otherwise, I think um, we'll need to change our name as well. But <laughs> So, yes, it is very, very limited. So rather sooner than later. Um, there are some of the activities that are already starting to fill up very, very quickly. But also we indicate that on the program on the website. So as soon as you see the activity marked red, you'll know that it's fully booked. So you can still phone the winery and say, should there be cancellations, please keep us in mind. Um, but otherwise, you can just um, look on to, to the rest of the, the, the program. Gosh, well, you've got a very busy time until the end of March, and I'm sure, Elizabeth, you'll think of something else for April. So, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Don't you, you never worry. stop out there. It's quite amazing. But thank you so much for telling us about the Hands on Harvest this evening. Thank you very much, Karen. We really enjoyed it. Thanks, Elizabeth. Good night to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Elizabeth Boerter is manager of the Robertson Wine Valley. For more information and for the program of events, you can take a look at the website. It's handsonharvest.com. And she says if you'd like to just email her, she can send you a copy of that um, program. It's manager at robertsonwinevalley.com. Or you can phone the office there. It's 23 Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, the website joburgplaces.com says, experience the magical energy and buzz of a city undergoing an astonishing rebirth. Visit public art, cool restaurants and coffee shops, spectacular rooftops, historic buildings, city squares and delightful parks, all while you learn about more about the history, current development and future of Joburg. Well, joining me now is Gerald Garner of Joburg Places and he's also the director of The Sheds at One Fox. Gerald, good evening. Welcome to the show. It's been a very long time since we last chatted. Good evening, Karen. Yes, it's a pleasure speaking to you again. So I've been looking through some of these tours. I mean, there are, I've never seen such an eclectic group and different type of tour than I've seen on Joburg Places. And there's two coming up this weekend. Yes, yes. So I mean, you know, walking tours is what um, Joburg Places, I mean, the initiative of Johannesburg offers so much to do. They can probably think of another hundred, um, no, <laughs> quirky tours if you wanted me to. <laughs> so tell us about what's coming up. Yes, I mean, you know, I do a regular walks in town, and um, if I remember right, this weekend on Saturday we visit um, the fashion district and then Little Alice at the Open Quarter, which is definitely one of the um, more interesting tours in the sense of it takes you to the places that you're definitely not going to find on your own when you come to the inner city of Johannesburg first. Um, you know, the city is, as you rightly said, undergoing great regeneration is all the wonderful districts from Brahmadin to Mabinding and One Fox, etc. to explore. But the the real hidden gems are the 
Now, the buildings have been converted into mazes of open coffee shops and, and um, you know, restaurants, etc. And also, I mean, I love the fashion district for bargain shopping, also great fabrics, etc. So it's, it's really a lovely um, way to discover things in town that you wouldn't have known about. Gosh, and there, I mean, the one thing I've seen it come up because I get all your emails and the one I always think is so fabulous, you do a lot of rooftop stuff and I always think that must be so fun, especially in the, watching the sunsets or sunrises or whatever, whenever you're up there. But it just sounds like a wonderful place to be and just looking out over the panorama that is Joburg. Yes, I mean, no, Joburg's inner city rooftops is one of its greatest assets and um, I mean, this weekend, you know, apart from the um, Little Alice and, and Fashion District tour, we're also doing a West to East tour that includes the um, one Fox Precinct and the Mabineng Precinct. So I'm not doing a rooftop tour as such this weekend. But, I mean, I do a regular tour. I think um, early in March there is one called Pups Bars Rooftop, mm. which is, you know, only tour I really actually rent in transport for because you... Now visit into the evening one of the rooftops and some um, or you're gonna get tired of walking. Um but yeah, I'm from sunset to um you know, fancy hotels to wonderful all the rooftops, they are really spectacular viewpoints in town. Gosh, and this what is the one the sheds at one fox? I've been seeing a lot about that lately. Yes, I mean that's another project I'm involved in for my sins. And um <laughs> most of the tours, my tours actually start one fox as well, which is in what's known as Sarayistan, the western the edge of the city. So it's like near where the M1 and M2 highways meet in the corner of the city. They're old um, mining warehouses um, that used to be derelict and empty for over decades, which we actually renovated and turned into another um, food market for Johannesburg. It's a great gourmet and food market with lots of prepared foods, but also fresh produce and um, you know food stuffs, and then also design and craft. We actually, gosh, another whole new destination. Yes, um, you know, and and the lovely thing is, is it's easily accessible with great parking, and we're talking about absolutely massive warehouses that we managed to convert into a wonderful gathering space. So. Um, the lovely thing about One Fox is the fact that we have so much space and that the market itself has tables and seating for about 450 people. So it's not a kind of market where you come to and you have to stand in the corner and eat mm. your food with somebody else's hair in your mouth. Ooh, you know, no. you can actually sit down <laughs> and, um, and have a relaxing time, actually. I was looking through on your website, on the Joburg Places website, and you've got a number of, what is it, four, five, seven tours, that's sort of standard tours with, that you do. And do you repeat those once you, because, you know, they've got dates on them. There's one, for example, that I thought was fabulous, this regenerated inner city walking tour. Now, that happened already on Saturday, the 7th of February. So do you sort of recycle them throughout the year? Then do you start again at the beginning with these tours? Yes, I absolutely do recycle them. So I'm sure I've already identified another day in March for the Regenerated Innocent Tour, which is still my um, most popular tour. But, I mean, apart from that, those tours you see listed are the public tours where people can join you know, a group on a per-person, right? Mm. But I offer all the tours on a continual basis as private tours, um, and that's probably the most you know, the most business I do is that way. So I'm available, obviously, um, by booking at, at, at any time, um, to take groups on tours, and I mean, there's a minimum fee to the plus for a private tour. But if you do a free people, um, it's a wonderful way to come to town. Or if you're a big group, it actually becomes really affordable. Um, my most popular tour is probably the three hour um, Western Edge to Gandhi Square tour, which walks through the, the corporate mining district or Marshall Town and really looks at the origins of Johannesburg and the beautiful historic buildings. I'm walking along Main Street, which is a bit Eastern street with great um, street art and coffee shops, etc. And really, uh, to it, it'll change your perception of Johannesburg as a city completely. Do you lead these tours yourself, Gerald? I'm all the tours I lead myself, yes. Gosh, so you must be very fit doing all this walking. I mean, so, <laughs> I, I noticed that some of them are quite long, six-hour tours. Now, if to walk for six hours, that's quite hectic. How do people cope? And if they're wanting to do these particular tours, are there any facilities available for people who won't manage to walk for that m- amount of time? Yes, I mean, first of all, they, they're not, you know, adventure explorations or adventure races at all. 
I am now re- I'm relaxing to as a such. I'm saying even the six hours to where you probably walk less than six kilometers in the day. Oh, right. Okay. And, and when I we stop, I'm often, and we, I'm have coffee along the way and the water or, you know, eat have something to eat. So um, it's really storytelling, seeing interesting places and exploring. Um, the three-hour tour is probably a kilometer and a half long to give you an idea of the mm. place. And then one I walks around and um, I've had cases where um, all the people and honestly they will be able to walk um, around that we've actually rented a tuk-tuk that drives along with us and you know the person can hop in hop out of the tuk-tuk as well if they, they're not sure they want to walk all the way so it's generally I've had people from six months until you know 85 years of age I might do this Wow and what about the places you go? Are they accessible if people come in wheelchairs? Are they accessible to those those sort of people? Yes, no, I mean, um, wheelchairs can definitely actually attend the tour. You know, um, Johannesburg's pavements are notorious for their unevenness. Mm. But honestly, on my tours, it is completely possible. And I have had people in wheelchairs, um, especially, again, the three-hour tour is probably the best way to come first. And to gain confidence, and if you then want to explore more thereafter, you know, one can do a longer tour a second time. There's one thing I saw in here that was rather fun. I see that you also do private events, but there's one called the Apprentice Penthouse Food and Wine Pairing combined with the Gandhi to Mandela walking tour. That's yes. quite, that's an evening tour. That, that's an evening tour. And I mean, for that one, needs a sizable group because we're talking mm. about an absolutely beautiful, spectacular penthouse across the fortune terrain. You're looking about 20 so, people or so. Yeah, you know, one shot twenty people, it becomes possible to do an um, event like that. They're beautiful space with beautiful views, and um, and their walk is in the evening and followed by dinner there afterwards. So definitely one of the most magical things. You know, for a great birthday party or something of that light is a great tour to do. So that's rather nice because the whole evening, I mean, I see here that you do a talk as well on the history of Johannesburg. Um, there's all these, the, the lovely meal by all accounts. There's a walking tour. There's welcome drinks. I mean, so it's, it's a really fun, possibly a corporate evening. If you if you want to have your clients or do a staff evening, that sounds like the perfect thing to do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have done it quite often for um, corporate events or when uh, you know, a business has overseas visitors and I want to impress them a little bit of Johannesburg or sort of a team building event, you know, for a group of people working together was very well for that kind of event, yes. And then you, this one, Western Edge to Constitution Hill, that one you say there's no public tours scheduled for January and February. Yes, I mean, now Constitution Hill, in my mind, is Johannesburg's greatest chairman. Mm. The Constitutional Court must be one of the most beautiful buildings in the entire country. Um, so... It's a tour that I often um, you know, offer on a private basis, um, but uh, I do occasionally listen on my, tour, no, on my site as a public tour. Um, such an astonishing history of Constitution Hill, and maybe um, most significant to mention is the fact that both Nelson Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi were imprisoned on that hill. Mm. You know, in years gone by, and today the East, the site that celebrates our democracy, and of course also the the court itself that protects our constitution. So basically, I was—I mean, you've—you've you've almost covered every possible thing that you could ever do in the city of Joburg. You've got it on a tour somewhere here. I mean, I have to be honest. There is quite a bit more <laughs> to do as well. So, I mean, one of the goals of my tour is to make people fall in love with Johannesburg and then for them to rediscover everything the city offers, and then they would be confident enough thereafter with to also going to explore um, on their own and see the other things that, you know, that are not included in my tours because there is still quite a bit more to do, yes. Gosh, well, what, have you got any other sort of new tours on the cards? Anything new in the planning at all? Well, I mean, my tours develop all the time and I often change them or adapt the routes as new things happen, as the city is constantly changing and being they're recreated. I mean, um, I do... Um, you know, event um, tours as such, or, or corporate events we've mentioned earlier. So, one I've done occasionally is a coffee route. You visit all the great, you now independent coffee shops of Johannesburg. Of course, those are multiplying so far that um, I could probably do it twice um, as long already. 
Um, and I mean, the wonderful thing is to see how building after building is being fixed up and redeveloped. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, public art, again, I could probably take it in two days, you know, walking tour, <laughs> if you really want to wow. explore all the public art in town. So, apart from what I list, um, I often customize tours. Oh, okay, that's, that's nice. So people can actually say, well, I'd like to do this, that, and that, and the next thing, and it isn't one of your standard tours. You're quite happy to go and put something together for them. Yeah, you can mix and match it. Oh, that's Absolutely. great. Now, the last time we spoke, Gerald, as I said, was quite a long time ago, and you just published your book, Places and Spaces. Yes. Any more books in the pipeline either, because that was a fabulous book. Oi, crack, you know, books are such hard work. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm always afraid to answer that question. Um, I mean, now, I originally did the Spaces and Places book, the Blue book, which I think was the first time I spoke to you, and that was mm. hard to believe of four years ago already. Yes, it was a long and, time ago. Um, yeah, and that time has flown. And then we republished that book in 2012 as um, Joburg Places, so Spaces, Places, Joburg Places. Um, both those books are now out of print and are sold out. Um, we did do a book last year called Spaces Places, Santon Places, it actually um, covers in northern suburbs of Johannesburg and all the things that you also would be astonished to find, you know, in, in the suburbs um, and the northern nodes of the city. Um, I'm hoping to republish the Joba Places book of the update by the end of 2015, early 2016. Um, but it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. And then, of course, there's another city in South Africa, which I think is completely underexplored. And the next great tourism destination, apart from the fact that Joburg is becoming such a tourism destination, and that's Durban. So I do hope in the next two years or so to also publish a Durban Places book. Well, and I'm sure if people just keep an eye on the website, um, you'll be able to find out what's coming up. Yes, no, we, we will keep people informed there, absolutely. So it's, jo- it's joburgplaces.com and all the information about the tours and the books and everything else is on there. So if they're wanting to find out more information and maybe wait and see when your new, new book is coming out, because I'm sure you'll publish it, publicize it on there as well. Um, they'll be able to yes. find that out. Gosh, you have a very exciting life, Gerald. As I said, you must be very fit doing all this walking. And, <laughs> but no, no. It keeps one busy for sure. <laughs> it's rather exciting then. It's wonderful to see people discovering parts of a city. I always say, you know, it's wonderful going overseas and everything else. But, you know, a lot of people, myself included, we're not really sure what's just around the corner from where we live. And something like what you're doing, exploring the city of Johannesburg, I'm sure a lot of people who've lived there for years, a lot of the things that you're showing them, they didn't even know was there. I mean, you are so right. I mean, about 70% of my customers are international travelers and about 30% are locals. But, I mean, most of the locals come in at the end of my tour and say, you know, they would travel the world and go walk in cities, whether it's Paris or London or New York, and you make the effort to go and explore because mm. on holiday, you know, you've yes. made a fortune to be there, now you want to know more. But you so often miss out an opportunity to explore your own backyard and your own city, and so often... You may even have walked past things your whole life without knowing what actually is the significance of the place or the amazing things that happened there, etc. So it is a way to see your own city differently and to also um, realize that, that you don't actually have to pay a fortune to go and uh, fly to the other side of the world to have a great experience. Johannesburg offers it all right here on your doorstep. Gosh, well, it's, it's one of those things, that it, you know, it's one, I always say you have to have a bucket list for all those wonderful places you're going to go and see. Make this your hometown your, on your bucket list. You'll be surprised what's there. Absolutely. Gosh, Gerald, it's been wonderful chatting and catching up with you again. And uh, we'll look very forward to your new book coming out, you said, hopefully by the end of the year. Right. Uh, thank you, Carl. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll chat to you again then. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you. Gerald Garner of Joburg Places, and he's also the director of The Sheds at One Fox. Now, that also sounds like a fabulous destination. He said, wonderful place, wonderful market space. So go and explore that. And for more information on the tours we were talking about, you can take a look at the website. It's www.joburgplaces.com. And for more information on The Sheds, you can take a look at that website. It's www.onefox, and that's one the number, and then F-O-X, onefox.co.za. 
we're just having a bit of problems. We're trying to get hold of Anel Portgetter in Dubai. At She's at the Dubai Food Festival at the moment. And we do have the hotel number where she is. And we seem to be having a problem trying to get through to her in her room. And we, my poor sound engineer has been trying for about the last five minutes to get past the reception. Um, automated answering, music playing. He's uh, not, seem, not seeming to have much luck. And, uh, oh, he says yeah, he got her and then... I think he possibly lost her. So he's, he's, um, oh, they cut her off. He got hold of her, but then they cut her off. So now he's having to dial back. So we will keep going for a little while and uh, hopefully we'll back, be back with you in a moment. No, we're still trying. So you'll just have to listen to me talking for a little bit more. I will tell you about the things that are available on the website. If you're wanting some of those documents that I have on the Time to Travel website. It's Travel on SAFM on Facebook if you're wanting to find it there. Or you can email me travel at safm.co.za. And I've got a lot of documents there. Well, not a lot, but there's a, a couple of them. My favorite ones on there at the moment are the two. One is 50 things to do in Cape Town for under 50 Rand. And there's it's quite a, an array of different things that you can go and do. Food things, places to eat, places to visit, things that are even free that you can go and do. So have a look at that if you'd like a copy of that. The other document that's also quite a lot of fun is 101 things to see and do on the West Coast. Now, the West Coast is also one of those places that's somewhat undiscovered. There's lots of interesting little places to go and interesting places to eat and things to do and see. A lot of history as well on the West Coast and some of the smaller towns that have been pretty undiscovered for quite a long time. So let me, if you're interested in that, I can send you the document, 101 Things to See and Do on the West Coast. Right, well, just let's refresh ourselves on what we've been chatting about this evening. As I said, it's harvest time in the Winelands, so lots and lots of things going on there and we can go and have a look at what's happening out at Grand Provence they've got a fabulous event happening on the 28th of February and then we're off to also you can go out to Aikendal they've got something happening there on the 1st of March and Robertson has got something going from the 7th of February right until the 29th of March that's the hands-on harvest festival so lots and lots to do out there in the winelands I think we've actually finally managed to connect with Anil in Dubai Anil good evening welcome to the show Anil are you with me uh, no, I think we've kind of got a cross line again somewhere. Not quite sure what's happening. It's, it's. I thought this was going to be so easy, just phoning directly through to Anel in the hotel in Dubai. But uh, we seem to be having an awful problem with the telephone lines there. So not having too much luck with that at all. But anyway, just to, I think we might have her again. Anel, are you with me now? I can hear you 100%. Oh, there you are. I thought we'd lost you forever to Dubai. There you are. Hello. So you're there for the Dubai Food Festival, and you've been okay. there since you've been there since this morning. How's it gone? You've had a busy day today. This is not really working out terribly well. We will keep trying. And Nell, are you with me? Oh no! Now we've got dialing tone, so we're not having too much luck at all. So we're just going to take a short break, and we're going to keep trying to get hold of her. Uh, just bear with us for a few minutes. We'll hopefully get back to Nell in Dubai. Time to travel with Karen Key. Doesn't that send out the wrong message, though? You know, if a teacher is complicit in helping children, learners to cheat, and you say, you know, we might let them off with a warning. I mean, what sort of message is that sending out? Okay, now, even, even if a person has committed a murder, you have a key bargain where they don't go to jail. I can mention many names of people that you know as well who committed murder and never spent one day in jail. Here we are talking about the examination, the regularities where no one died. But what you are saying is that once you tell us, then we'll know who you have worked with, we'll then be able to profile those people and then deal harshly with them. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Gadgets, apps, tech experts, cameras, Wi-Fi, broadband, Google Hangout, the cloud, data costs. I talk to the voices of tech media on Afternoon Talk, Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. Well, we're still trying to get hold of Anil in uh, Dubai, and we, I really honestly thought it would be a lot easier than this to dial the hotel and try and get hold of her, but uh, it's not really working terribly well. We keep connecting with her, and then we keep getting cut off. 
But uh, let me tell you about next week. We're going to be doing all sorts of things next week. On the Law Report on Monday, we're going to be talking about property law. It's our monthly property law program with Attorney Ishmael Mohammed. And then on Tuesday, it's a bit of self-indulgence, I think, on Tuesday, I'm going to be doing a phone-in program. We don't normally do a Health Matters phone-in program this late in the month. It's normally on the second Monday of the month. But this month, currently on the go, or happening from Friday in Cape Town, is the low-fat, high-carb, uh, low-carb, high-fat summit happening at the Cape Town International Convention Center from Friday. And there are loads and loads of international speakers coming in, doctors and professors and all sorts of things. And uh, so one of them is going to still be around next Tuesday. And I thought it'd be rather nice to have a phone-in program. You'd be able to chat with him and find out more about this banting craze that's taken over in South Africa in the last year or two. And the other, I'm going to have one of those doctors on the panel with me on in the studio, but then I'm going to be self-indulgent and have my son in the studio and he's going to be talking about it from a personal perspective because he's been doing this banting uh, for health reasons he was told that he has um, a very high carb intolerance and was suggested that he'd go off carbohydrates and thought well what could he do and so he decided to try the banting and so he's going to be my second guest next tuesday evening well we're going to give it another shot and let's see if we can get hold of anil in dubai anil can you hear me Good evening. Thank you for calling address to buy my hotel. My name is Chanel. Here is to you. Anel, can you hear me? No, we heard the, I think, the switchboard operator. Okay. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Can we have your name, please? Oh no, I'm, I was holding. Uh, we actually had a guest on the line. Uh, we get this is really. I don't think we're going to to get this right at all. So we just unfortunately, hopefully, then we'll have to just check what was happening in Dubai when Anel comes back because this is really not working. And it's just so sad because it's the Dubai Food Festival. It's returning this year for the second time, and this year they've got an absolutely bursting calendar of delicious and diverse events. And Anel Portugueta, which she's been on the show a number of times. And she's a local food blogger here in Cape Town. And her blog is called lifeisazoobiscuit.com. And she's gone off. She actually arrived there this morning. And uh, she was this evening, she was at the Radisson Blue Dow at Dubai Creek for dinner. And the fun part about where she was this evening, she was at the restaurant there. It was called, well, she was at something called Dine on the Creek, and it's a floating restaurant, apparently. And as part of the Dubai Food Festival, they have all these international chefs appearing at this particular floating restaurant at Dine on the Creek. And the one this evening was a chef called Sanjeev Kapoor, who was cooking for them. So she would have had a wonderful, wonderful dinner before she was about to chat with us. We haven't been able to get that right. But what she did today, she sent me this morning when she, after she got there her program for the day, which looked really fabulous. It started started off after she, oh gosh, arrived, she must have been exhausted by now, arrived, I think they left last night, and they arrived in Dubai at, I think it was quarter to six or something when they got there this morning, and after breakfast, they went, did a transfer to old Dubai for a heritage tour, and then the heritage city tour, and then they went to the Sheikh Mohammed Center of Cultural Understanding. Now, we have spoken to some of the, my other guests before about this particular center of cultural understanding. It's a wonderful place to go because you experience a traditional Emirati lunch. There's all sorts of things that you can learn about the culture, and it's really a, a really nice introduction to Dubai. If you go there before you actually start your holiday, it's a wonderful, wonderful start. After that, they went through the El Bastik. Kia, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. It's a neighborhood of the old Al Fahidi historic district. They had coffee at the Creekside Cafe. Then they went to the Dubai Museum. They visited the Diwan Mosque. And then they went on an Abra ride. I'm not quite sure what that is. And they visited the Spice and Gold Souks. Now, I hope Anel took a big enough suitcase and a few couple of credit cards with her because that looks like just the kind of place I'm sure she would have enjoyed. The Spice and Gold Souks for the day. That would have been rather fun. And um, then after that, all of that, they went to dine on the creek. And that was at the Radisson Blue Dow in Dubai Creek. And they were served dinner by a very well-known TV chef called Sanjeev Kapoor. And then they went back to the hotel, which is where we've been trying to get hold of her. But uh, we're not having too much luck with their switchboard. They don't seem to be able to put us through to her in the room, which is rather a pity. I was really, really hoping to chat with her this evening. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Are you up to date with the world of property? For all things property, what are your rights as a property owner and or purchaser? Are you a tenant or the landlord and you need advice? What is the value of your investment in commercial property in South Africa? What matters are of importance in discussing land ownership? Trust us to simplify and help you understand the detail in all things property. 
Join me, Dineo Mulomo, every week on Tuesday morning on Morning Talk at 10.30. Every weekend, SAFM brings you the people at the center of the stories. We give you a clear perspective on national and international events. Find out how on Weekend AM Live from 6 every Saturday and Sunday morning. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. There's the big picture and the small picture and everything that's green in between on The Enviro Show. Thursday nights on SAFM between 9 and 10. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, unfortunately, you've just got me back again. We still haven't been able to get through to Anel. I don't know what it is. There seems to be some sort of an automated system on the hotel switchboard. And every time you ask to be put through to her room, you get shunted from pillar to post um, between an actual person and a recorded voice. And you never quite make it to the room. And then you do make it to the room and you get her on the line. And then when you try and talk to her, you suddenly get the automated voice again. It's a very interesting experience this was. And I really thought it was going to work. So I do apologize profusely that we haven't been able to get hold of her. But um, that's one of those things, I suppose. And hopefully when she comes back at the end of the week, we can get her on the show after that. And she can tell us what she did while she was there. We just won't be able to talk to her while she's actually in Dubai. But while we've got some time, I just wanted to remember uh, to tell you about something we haven't spoken about for a while, and it's called My Town. And if you remember about a year or so ago, I started doing this where I asked you if you could tell me a little bit about where it is you live or where it is you've been on holiday, something unusual, something different, something if somebody came to where you were and you they said, just show me something really exciting or very different. It doesn't have to be a huge experience or it could just be a small thing, but something that you think that most people come into that area would really enjoy seeing or experiencing why don't you tell me about that and then we can have something about that on the show and we can tell other people and they can come up there and visit as well and in the past we've had some rather incredible um stories coming in from the um from the around the country i mean the one i think i'll always remember was somebody in durban told me about i think it was a dump it was a, a rubbish dump place and i thought gosh that's really a very strange thing to want to tell me to go and have a look at. But once I investigated this, it, it was one of those places that has been rejuvenated and had reclaimed the stump. And there, it was the most amazing bird sanctuary and school groups were going there and all sorts of groups of people were going to visit there. It was absolutely amazing. So those kinds of things where if you told people, I must take you off to the rubbish dump, they'd look at you as if you were a little bit strange. But it's one of those places that not many people know about. And so those kinds of places. So if you have something like that, may possibly you've been on holiday somewhere and discovered something around the country that you thought, gosh, that was unusual. I wonder if anybody else really knows about this. Tell me about it. You can drop me a mail to travel at safm.co.za and we can investigate that. We can find somebody, either you yourself would like to talk to me. And I've had a number of listeners on the show talking to me about where they've been, what they've seen and what they've done. And rather fun. Actually, it gives more of a personal feel if you yourself are going to be able to tell the listeners about that. Well, that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And just a reminder, if you need any information about something you've heard on the show this evening, you can find it on Facebook. Go to Travel on SAFM or email me on travel at safm.co.za. And I'll be back with you next Monday evening with the Law Report when I'll be joined by attorney Ishmael Mohammed for our monthly property law program. So join me then. It's time now for Stephen Kirko and some nighttime music. Hello, Stephen. How are you? <laughs> 